0: We're listening to the mystical city of god in your podcast i'm father edward looney and throughout the year i'm reading from the four volume over 2500 page work by the venerable maria of Agreda. if you would like to discuss today's readings head on over to facebook and there you'll find the mystical city of god in your podcast group and you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights and reflections with others who are listening and following along let us now thank god for the life of venerable maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who have proclaimed the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria, teach us how to pray and meditate. Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady, Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir aflame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of Sore Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 298, and we are reading from Volume 4, Book 7, Chapter 10. Paragraphs 163 to 170. 163. Seeing her obstinacy, the apostle betook himself in great affliction to the Most Blessed Mary in order to ask for help. Immediately the great queen turned her interior vision upon the sick one, and she recognized the unhappy and dangerous condition in which the enemy had drawn that soul. The kind mother bewailed this simple sheep, Thus deceived by the bloodthirsty infernal wolf, and prostrate upon the floor, she prayed for her rescue. But the Lord answered not a word to the petition of his blessed mother, not because her petition was disagreeable to him, but for the contrary reason, and because he was pleased with her clamors, pretending deafness, in order to hear them so much the longer, also in order to teach us how great was the prudence and charity of our mother on these occasions." The Lord left her for this purpose to the common and ordinary state, without favoring her with a new inspiration in regard to what she was asking. She, however, did not cease on that account, nor did she permit her ardent charity to relax. For she knew that she was not to be wanting in her office as mother on account of the silence of the Lord as long as she did not know expressly the divine will. Proceeding thus prudently, she dispatched one of her angels to bring aid to that soul by defending it against the devil, and exhorting it by holy inspirations to forsake his deceits and return to God. The holy angel fulfilled this commission with the speed in which they were wont to obey the Most High, but even though he made a diligent use of all his powers as an angel, he could not overcome the girl's obstinacy in clinging to her illusions." To such a state can a soul be reduced by delivering itself over to the devil. One sixty-four. The holy angel returned to his queen and said, My mistress, I returned from the task of assisting this girl in her mortal danger, as thou, the mother of mercy, has imposed upon me. But her hardness of heart is such that she will not receive or listen to the holy inspirations I have given her. I have fought against the demons in her defense, but they resisted, standing on the rights which this soul has freely yielded, and continues to yield to them. The power of divine justice has not cooperated with me as I desired, in trying to fulfill thy will, and I cannot, O lady, give thee the consolation thou expectest. The loving mother was much afflicted at this answer, but as she is the mother of love, of knowledge, and holy hope, she would not yield in what she had merited for all of us in what she teaches. Retiring once more to pray for the salvation of that erring soul, she prostrated herself upon the ground and said, My Lord and God of mercy, behold here this vile wormlet of the earth. Chastise and afflict me, but let me not see this soul, which was marked as one of the first fruits of thy blood, and is now deceived by the serpent, become the spoil of his malice and of his hatred against thy faithful. one sixty-five. The most blessed Mary continued for some time in this petition, but she received no answer from the Lord, in order that her invincible heart and her charity toward her neighbor might be put to the proof. The most prudent virgin bethought herself of what had happened to the prophet Elieusus, who had vainly sent his staff with his servant Geise to resuscitate the boy and had found that he himself must touch and stretch himself over his body in order to restore him to life. Neither the angel nor the apostle were powerful enough to awaken from sin and from the stupor of Satan, that unfortunate girl. Therefore, the great lady resolved to go and heal her in person. This resolve she recommended to the Lord in her prayer, and although she received no answer, she considered that the work itself was a sufficient warranty to proceed. She arose, therefore, to leave her room and to walk with St. John to the dwelling of the sick woman, which was at some distance from the Senacle. But no sooner had she taken the first steps than the holy angels at the command of the Lord approached to bear her up on the way. As God had not manifested his intention, she asked them why they thus detained her, to which they answered, There is no reason why we should consent to thy walking through the city when we can bear thee along with great propriety. Immediately they placed her upon a throne of resplendent clouds on which they bore her along and placed her in the sick room. The dying girl, being poor and now speechless, had been forsaken by all and was surrounded only by the demons who waited to snatch off her soul. 166. But as soon as the queen of angels made her appearance, all the evil spirits vanished like flashes of lightning. And as if falling over each other in their dismay, the powerful queen commanded them to descend into hell and remain there until she should permit them to come forth. And this they were forced to do without the least power of resistance. The kindest mother then approached the sick woman, and taking her by the hand and calling her by her name, spoke sweetest words of life. Instantly a complete change came over the girl, and she began to breathe more freely and recover herself. Then she said to the heavenly Mary, My lady, a woman came to me who persuaded me to believe that the disciples of Jesus were deceiving me, and that I had better immediately separate myself from them and from thee. Otherwise, if I should accept their way of life, I should fall into great misfortune. The queen answered, My daughter, she who seemed to thee a woman, was thy enemy the devil. I come in the name of the Most High to give thee eternal life. Return them to his true faith, which thou hast received, and confess him with all thy heart as thy God and Redeemer, who for thy salvation, that of all the world, has died upon the cross. Adore and call upon him, and ask him for the pardon of thy sins. One sixty-seven. All this, the patient answered, I have believed before, but they told me it was very bad, and that they would punish me if I should ever confess it. The heavenly teacher replied, My friend, do not fear this, Deceit. But remember that the chastisement and pains which are really to be feared are those of hell, to which the demons wish to bring thee. Thou art now very near death, and thou canst avail thyself of the remedy I now offer thee. If thou wilt only believe me, and thou shalt thus free thyself of the eternal fire which threatens thee on account of thy mistake, through this exhortation the grace is procured for this poor woman by Mary, she was moved to abundant tears of compunction, and implored the Blessed Lady further to assist her in this danger, declaring herself ready to obey all her commands. Then the loving mother made her openly profess her faith in Jesus Christ and elicit an act of contrition and preparation for confession. At the same time, she sent for the apostles to administer the sacraments to her. The sick girl, repeating the acts of contrition and love, invoking Jesus and Mary, who was directing her happily, expired in the arms of her protectress. The Blessed Mary had remained with her two hours in order to prevent the demons from again renewing their assaults. Her assistance was so effectual that she not only brought back the young woman to the path of eternal life, but delivered her soul from all guilt and punishment. She sent her immediately to heaven, accompanied by some of the twelve angels that bore on their breasts the sign of the redemption and palms and crowns in their hands as special guardians of the devotees of the Great Queen." Of these angels I have spoken on a former occasion, and it is not necessary to describe them here. I will only remark that the heavenly queen chose the angels for different offices in the service of men, in accordance with the graces and virtues of which they were possessed. 168. After the rescue of that soul, the rest of the angels brought back their queen, seated on the same cloud to her oratory, she immediately humiliated herself, prostrating herself and adoring the Lord and giving him thanks for having snatched that soul from the jaws of the infernal dragon. She composed thereon a hymn of praise and his honor. This wonder was wrought by the wisdom of God in order that the angels, the saints of heaven, the apostles, and also the demons might know the resistless power of most holy Mary, and in order that they might learn that as she was the mistress of all, so not all of them together could equal her in power that nothing would ever be denied to her prayers in favor of those who loved her, served her, or called upon her. For this fortunate girl, having loved this heavenly lady, secured salvation through her, while the demons, oppressed and confounded, were left in despair of prevailing against the power of Mary when exerted in favor of her clients. Other lessons might be drawn from this example, which I leave to the prudent meditation of the faithful. 169. The same blessing was not attained by two other converts, who failed to merit the efficacious intercession of the Blessed Virgin. Since their fate may serve as a lesson and as a warning like that of Ananias and Sapphira against the astuteness of Lucifer in tempting and ruining human souls, I shall relate it likewise, as far as it was made known to me. May the instruction it conveys inculcate the fear of the just judgments of the Most High. Psalm 118.120 After the miracle just related, the demon was permitted to return with his host to the world in order to test the constancy of the faithful. For thus must the just and the predestined gain their crowns. He came forth filled with still greater wrath and began to seek entrance into the hearts of the faithful by searching out the evil inclinations of each one, as he does even now. For experience has given him confidence that we children of Adam usually follow our inclinations and passions, more than the dictates of reason and of virtue. A multitude cannot be perfect in all its components, and as the church went on increasing in number, so also the fervor of charity began to cool in some, thus affording a greater field for the sowing of his hellish cockle. Among the faithful St. John found two, who were beset with evil inclinations and habits before their conversion, and who sought favor and alliance with some of the Jewish princes in the hope of worldly gain and honor. Infected by this covetousness, which always was the root of all evils, they temporized with the powerful and flattered them in order to retain their friendship. 170. On account of these dealings, the demons judged them to be weak in their faith and virtue. He thought he might be able to pervert them through the influence of the Jewish priests, upon whom they depended. Following up his plot, the serpent suggested to those priests many ways of reprehending and intimidating the two converts, for having accepted the faith in Christ and received baptism. Yielding to the instigations of Satan, the priests pressed their threats with great show of authority and severity. As the anger of those in authority is apt to frighten weak subjects, such as these two, and their attachment to their own interest happened to be, they proceeded from weakness to apostasy, from the faith of Christ, in order not to incur the displeasure of the powerful Jews." They, moreover, still retained a certain unhappy and deceitful confidence in their patrons, and therefore soon dropped away from the gathering and the other faithful, ceasing to attend the preaching and the holy exercises of the converts, and thus making apparent their treasonable falling away. This concludes our reading today for day number 298. We've been reading from volume 4, book 7, chapter 10, paragraphs 163 to 170. Well, today we continued our reading following up from where we left off yesterday about this young girl who was in the snatches of hell, and then Our Lady was going to intervene, and in fact, she did. When we say that prayer, pray for us now and at the hour of our death, how efficacious that must be for us. I remember reading in St. Louis de Montfort in The Secrets of the Rosary, the great battle that goes on for a soul at the end of death. But if we've been a faithful client of Our Lady, that she's there to help us, she's there to defend us in that hour. Our Lady said something to that young girl before she died. She said, My friend, do not fear this deceit, but remember that the chastisement and pains which are really to be feared are those of hell, to which the demons wish to bring thee. I always go back to the vision of hell that the Fatima children had the vision of hell that St. Faustina had. There's a book by Tan Books that recounts visions of hell, visions of purgatory. And I think when we hear those stories, they should do something for us. They should, in a sense, put the fear of God in us. I want heaven. I don't want hell. There's often that adage that some Catholics will say, Well, I'm just hoping to make it to purgatory. No, no. Aim for heaven so that you will attain purgatory. Aim for purgatory and you might find yourself in the position of this young girl in the jaws of the demon wanting to take your soul to hell. At the end of her life, the sick girl repeated the acts of contrition and love and invoking Jesus and Mary, who is directing her happily expired in the arms of Our Lady, her protectress. It's interesting that Maria of Agurda would have said that, because those prayers of the acts of contrition and love would not yet have been written formally as Maria of Agurda knew them. But I'm willing to bet that Our Lady wrote a prayer in that moment, telling that little girl, repeat after me. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry for my sins. Oh, Jesus, I love thee above all else, and I want to live in your love forever in heaven. You can only imagine what those moments for Our Lady were like as she was there with that young girl. Mary, having seen death throughout her life, now seeing a holy death of one who believes in Jesus. And as Our Lady witnesses this, it moves her to thanksgiving. She gives thanks to God for the conversion of this young girl. She composes a hymn, a song of praise in honor of our Lord, thanking him for the gift he bestowed upon that young girl. For us today, as we walk away from this reading May we renew our acts of contrition and love in our life. May we give thanks to God for his blessings and live always with our eyes fixed on heaven. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you and Mary pray for you.